Yes, you're listening to Open Mic Friday on Law and Gospel on the September the 6th in the year of our Lord 2019. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. This means that you can call me with any theological question on your mind. In St. Louis, the number is 821-0850. Anywhere in North America, including St. Louis, one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven. Yesterday we were talking about the war that the church has with the world. A lot of people think that, no, no, no. All we need to do is dialogue with each other, and then everything is going to be fine. And I made the point yesterday, there are some areas where I don't care how long you're going to dialogue, you will never come to a compromise solution. Just take a look at Nazi Germany. Can you imagine dialoguing with Hitler to stop the killing of Jews? Uh, can you imagine today talking to pro-abortion women and trying dialogue with them, trying to stop the killing of Jews, Jewish females in the womb? You're not going to get anywhere unless they have a change of position. And I indicated that there are two ways in which that change can occur. The one way is for a person to become a Christian, because then they have the Holy Spirit guiding them as long, along with the Word of God. But so many times we're dealing with two people who are non-Christians, and I made the point that the way you deal with that is everybody who is a non-Christian works on the basis of what is going to be good for me, what's in it for me. And therefore, solutions can come about if both sides think they've won. And that takes a real expert in being able to do that in today's society. If you really want to see, if you're in the St. Louis area, how horrible is the left towards the right, just pick up any copy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, the editors, all of them, seem to be like infants. I, I, I don't find a article about President Trump that isn't negative. In fact, the cartoon that was in this morning's paper it is entitled Hurricane Dorian, and then... They have the president playing golf. Well, I don't remember them ever saying those things about former presidents who used to play golf, spend a lot of money on going on trips and things like that. No, they were silent. But no, the Post-Dispatch just hates President Trump, and they also hate Christianity. Oh, they do? How do you know that? Well, I want to read to you uh, a letter from a reader, and then we'll take phone calls. But she or he entitles his article, New Kind of Religion Goes Against the Tenets of Humanity. 
So when I read that, I said, oh, here's somebody who's going to be speaking out against homosexuality, gay marriage, abortion, because those are going against the tenets of humanity. Well, I didn't have to read long before I realized it was another hit piece against Jesus Christ. Here's how it goes. I do not understand why the religious right has felt the need to create a new God. Now, when you hear that, oh, is there some new idol that we have outside of Jesus Christ? He says, I spent the first 30 years of my life seeking an understanding of life through religion. I was baptized into two denominations and almost plunged into a third. I flirted with the charismatic movement, quit my job, sold my possessions, and entered a seminary for a while. Well, this already tells me that this is an individual who did not find the proper answer. Because right now, he's not attending any church, even though he was baptized in two, etc., etc. So, what's his problem? The one resounding belief I was able to glean from this is that if there is a supreme being, and I hope there is, oh, so... He's an agnostic. And he or she is not found within the confines of one church or sect or book. See, here's an attack against Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ believes God is found in one book. It's called the Holy Bible. Now, how the Post-Dispatch editors can print this is beyond me. I mean, imagine this being said uh, against Jews during the time of Hitler. Well, maybe nobody said anything then. He goes on. The teachings of all historical interpreters of this being, Jesus, Muhammad, Confucius, embrace love, inclusion, compassion, forgiveness, service to others, and acceptance as the path to follow. Oh, really? See, this is where the Post-Dispatch lies again and again. If they don't do it by their editorials, they do it by letters to the editor. To read the Bible and listen what Jesus says and conclude that therefore the path that we are to follow is acceptance is ridiculous. Well, first of all, even if that were true, the Post-Dispatch is not following the path of acceptance. They don't accept the pro-life movement. They, They don't accept the idea that people shouldn't have sex until they are married. Just, just go down the areas of immorality And they don't accept anybody who is disagreeing. And then we get, this letter goes on. This is one of the longest letters I've seen. But because it is kind of written by the editors of the Post-Dispatch, no wonder they put it in there. Those who choose to preach that religion should be judgmental, punishing, exclusionary, political, and self-righteous present a new kind of religion, the likes of which I have never encountered.
Now, I, I don't know what denomination this person was baptized into. He said he was baptized into two, and he even went to the seminary for a while. And, and for him to say that religion should not be judgmental, what is he talking about? Listen to John the baptizer. He comes with a baptism of repentance, making judgments against immorality. Jesus himself makes it clear that on the day of judgment, the goats will be going to hell, the sheep are going to heaven. Was Jesus political? Absolutely. On the one hand, he himself said, pay taxes to Caesar, and he did so. And on the other hand, when the political authorities told the Christians to sin, Peter says, no, we obey God rather than man. Now, I don't know who he's talking about, what religion, that believe that they're self-righteous. If they do, well, guess what? That's not biblical. If anything, the Reformation taught us, no one of us is self-righteous. I mean, that is spoken out against again and again in so many passages. Ephesians 2, that were saved by grace through faith, not account of our self-righteous works, lest anyone should boast. Now, this individual, Rolf, who wrote this, R-A-L-F, obviously was not hearing what the churches were telling him, or he was in churches that really give the impression that you can be self-righteous. Maybe he was in a Mormon church or Jehovah Witness church, etc. But this is not a new religion. This is a religion of Jesus Christ. Now, they confound me and in a way frighten me. No, I think the people who need to be frightened are Christians with characters like this who have no understanding of proper Christianity and think, therefore, that these this list of things that he said are terrible, wow, that this is what we believe. He says, Never did I encounter a supposed spiritual community that advocated the practices that we see them uphold today. <laughs> Doesn't he know anything about the Reformation? I mean, what did the Roman Catholics do to Luther? Luther simply made some comments that were saved through faith in Jesus Christ, and he was put under the ban, which meant the Pope said anybody who killed him would not be guilty of a crime. I mean, you can just go back in history and see how spiritual communities misused the Bible. What's he talking about? That nobody ever advocated the practices that we see them uphold today. Never did I find a group of religious people turn their backs on those in need of understanding, shelter, and compassion like I see now. Well, read the Bible. What did Jesus do to Israelites who were not following his words. He put them into Babylonian captivity. That's the God we believe in. He is a God of justice. 
He is also a God of mercy. But that mercy never moves into okay immorality. And I'm sure he's talking about people who are having gay marriage. I, I don't know when they're going to finally get it. But it's kind of like abortion. Uh, no, Nobody wears uh, a shirt or a t-shirt saying, I've had two abortions, three abortions. Uh, if they do, they're looked down upon by Christians. And that will occur to the end of the world. Because Christianity will never change this view on the killing of children in the womb. Also, you will never see what he's saying here that we will not be helping those in need. Christians, particularly the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, which I'm very familiar with, already we are sending people to help out with Hurricane Dorian because they've lost their homes, etc. And Christians have been doing that throughout the history of Christianity. Now, Ralph continues... And you know it's going to get. Remember, what's law and gospel all about? Law is giving the impression that you're good enough to get to heaven. So works always come about in regard to a false teacher. Here's what he writes next. I try to be a good person and do the right thing. Well, the letter itself shows that he's failing in this horribly. But like most of the Post-Dispatch, they just invent positions of those they oppose, and then they speak out against them. Remember that article I was talking about earlier this week? It was an article where the headline said that scientists have found a gene for homosexuality. Uh, and, of course, you know why they would want that is because then you can't blame homosexuals for the sin they're doing. That's like saying they found a gene for people who rape or for people who steal. The gene is called original sin. And any one of us are capable of doing that. But when you read the article about the genes, it said the very opposite of what the headline in the post said, that they still don't think there is a gene that leads people to become homosexuals. And it's obvious when you realize that most women at a woman prison become that kind of lifestyle because of lust in their hearts, even though prior to going to prison, they would never have thought about that. And that's true also about in male prisons. So this idea that people are born this way is really quite ridiculous. They are born with original sin, and then they make their choices. Let, let me finish the letter. I believe I'm trying to be a good person to do the right thing. I don't believe some evangelicals today do that. From my perspective, their words and actions do not reflect what I have come to believe are the basic tenets of spirituality and humanity. Well, guess what? Somebody else didn't believe that people were following the basic tenets of spirituality and humanity. 
And his name was Jesus Christ. Why do you think he came to die on the cross? He did so because people were not following God's law, either from a natural order or from a moral order. Okay, I just had to get up to see who had just phoned, and we do want to get some time for those on the phone. So let's go talk with Steve. Steve, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Um, hi. So saddened when I hear stories like you were reading from the paper, but it's all around us. Yep. And I think, I think that, unfortunately, the description he gave of the new church or the new religion is really nothing more than the perception of the news media and the outside world of our religion. And that's sad as well, and it's something we need to fix. Well, Jesus was unable to fix it. The Pharisees, <laughs> there was nothing he could say to the Pharisees. The, yeah. the more he tried to fix it by telling them the truth, he ended up being crucified. And he even says that in the Beatitudes, you will be persecuted because while you will try to fix it, and there will be some people who by the power of the Holy Spirit come to faith and they are therefore fixed in, in the words you're using, but many people will not be fixed. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish we could get a better impression in the worldview, in the uh, news media especially, of our faith, because so many of them see it as self-righteous, hypocritical. They haven't read the Bible. They don't know about the love, but also the go and sin no more. I mean, if those two things combined, you know, so much love for each person, but then then go, go and sin no more. They don't see that. They just see what they want to see. Well, wait for the arguments that love is supreme, and therefore, if an adult loves a little child, how can you say that they cannot be together in ways that we used to be disagreeing with? <laughs> That's what's going to be happening here. It's not going to be long before that. In fact, you can already get magazines that uh, push that point of view, and, and then you got a governor... Can you imagine this, where he has now said that he doesn't see what's wrong when a woman gives birth to a child that she and the doctor can decide to put it to death after it's born? That's Virginia. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, Issues Etc. keeps bringing these things up, and they're very good. Uh, I'll tell you, if you really want a good interview that Todd gave with uh, Bill Whedon, Pastor Whedon, that was on uh, Wednesday at, uh, it was 3 o'clock, and you can archive that. You will get a lot of good information from that one hour, because he makes the point that throughout the scripture, the church always has as its enemy the sinful world. Yet okay, well, we can. Nice Thank you. Okay, thanks so much. We we can make a difference. Uh, for example, the church I belong to is uh, having their. I think it's their 170th anniversary this coming Sunday, and they're just finishing the building of a uh, multi-million dollar or a lot of money 
a new school. They tore tearing down the old one, putting up a new one. And that place is filled with kids who are learning properly what this character is saying is terrible. How can you ever tell someone to repent of a sin if you cannot be judgmental as to what is sin? Now, I agree that churches who take a look at sinners and say to them personally, you are going to hell. That's being judgmental beyond their ability to know that. No, God knows the heart. He reads the heart. I can't. So I can say to people, if you continue in this unrepentant sin, there's a very good chance that heaven will not be your home. But even there, I can say, we we excommunicated when I was at my former congregation over a half dozen people, and uh, four of them came back, uh, one of them died, and two of them I don't know about. But if somebody told me about the one who died, well, he was under excommunication, will he be going to hell? I would say, I have no idea. Because heaven or hell is not on the basis of your works, which we are aware of, it's on the basis of your faith. Now, the only thing we can be aware of in regard to faith is what a person tells us. So if I'm working with a a young couple who are not married, but they're living together, and I say that is a sinful condition that God is not happy with, they're going to consider me being judgmental. Well, Jesus was therefore very judgmental. It was him who said not only to the Pharisees, your father is the devil, but he said to his one of his best disciples, get thee behind me, Satan. When Peter was going to be arguing with him about not going to Jerusalem to be crucified. No, the fact of the matter is every one of us sin. Therefore, I'm judgmental over myself. As I uh, said, I believe in uh, Tuesday, or no, it was Wednesdays when we were going over the lesson, the Bible study. We need to be put to death, our old Adam. And that occurs by repenting of our sins and looking to Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation. Uh, this is why we're just amazed that the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America has on stage all kinds of false religion individuals, uh, Muslim and Hindu and uh, so forth, and gives the impression that they are in fellowship with them because nobody can judge who's going to hell. Well, that's not what we're talking about here because we're recognizing that there is a real situation where fellowship with other Christians is on the basis of their faith. In Jesus Christ. Okay, Monday is going to be interesting because it's on Luke 15, the parable of the lost sheep. I think I've, as many years as I've been here on Law and Gospel, I think I've done this about 16 times. But there is also an Old Testament reading that I believe gives a lot of insight into what Jesus is saying about the parable of the lost sheep. 
And the point we're going to be making Monday, Jesus learned how to preach by reading the Old Testament. He learned that he would be pierced in hands and feet. He learned he would be whipped. He learned that he would be buried. He learned that he would rise from the dead. And all of this can be found in the Old Testament, the Old Testament books. So we're going to be taking a look. I believe that Luke 15 is one of Jesus' favorite parables. It's very close to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. But we're going to be taking a look at the Old Testament part for this coming Sunday of Pentecost, taking a look at that to see what it has to say. I'm Tom Baker. I pray you hear a good, long gospel sermon. And by the way, I'm available for preaching on Sundays right now. And if at all interested, get a hold of me. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.